I've had a few more questions in that I thought I might go through, um, mainly because I had one today that, that was extremely timely. So let's have a quick read. The first one was from someone called Marlow, who said, and I quote, Why do you hate Android? Why are you an Apple fanboy? Now, it, it's a bit of a common refrain, this, with regards to Apple versus Android. Um, you, you could call me a fanboy if you like, but I don't buy products unless... I feel that they're going to be worthy of the cost. So, for example, I'm not buying the iPhone 12 because I don't need it. Uh, I'm quite happy with the 11 Pro at the moment. I've got an old iPad. Uh, I've never felt the need to upgrade that. My MacBook is a low spec. Uh, it's discontinued, actually. And so I, I don't find myself running out to buy products as such. So... I don't believe I'm a fanboy, but, but as with anything in life, if you do sit on one side of a fence, often the other side will not necessarily see that in a good light. With regard to hating Android, I, I don't hate Android, but I am guilty of making sarky comments about Android from time to time. Uh, to be fair, I, I do that about most things. And if I'm honest, I don't really understand much about Android these days. I haven't, I haven't even looked at a new Android phone probably for five years or more. I've certainly not used one. And I don't really see the need. Uh, I have a setup that I'm happy with. And I'm not interested enough to keep spending money to uh, change that. It is the old, if it, if, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And at the moment, technology-wise, it, it is working pretty well for me. And it just so happens that those are Apple products. So all I can say, Marlo, is I don't hate Android. I don't know enough about it. And if I make the odd comment about it, seriously, there's no need to take too much offence. It's merely a phone. I'm not criticising your choice. I, I'm just maybe sometimes making a little joke and there's probably more important things to worry about. Uh, the next one came from Melissa. Now, I know Melissa. She works for a brand in the watch industry. And she simply said, you talked about Christmas in the last podcast. Is it gone now with lockdown too? That's a big question, um, and it's not really one that I can answer with any authority. However, yes, Christmas is gone. Uh, I have no doubt about that. We have the new lockdown starting this Thursday, because it makes sense to wait four days and allow the uh, hospitalizations and the deaths to rack up in the meantime. And that's going to take us to December the 2nd. Now, I think we all know that with the ever-growing number of cases, in four weeks' time, you will have more people in hospital than ever, probably more than in the first wave. 
and we will start to see very large numbers of deaths. There's no way on earth they are going to be able to have a set of numbers there that allow them to ease the lockdown. They could have done this four weeks ago, whether it be a circuit breaker um, or whatever. But, but the problem is this government is extremely weak. They are continually using a populist narrative. Even today, they were talking up all the positive things that are to come. And I think the best you can possibly see for Christmas is... Uh, the rule of six coming back and maybe households being allowed to mix. And in one way, that's a good thing. But it goes back to what I was saying in that previous podcast, that all that will do is cause more hospitalizations and deaths later on, because people will be indoors on Christmas Day. And okay, it's not as important to me as it is for others but and it worries me because my son will be stuck uh, where he's living at the moment because he's at university Uh, these are the universities that are staying open even though as an example my son's actually not been to his university yet because everything's virtual so I don't know what's going to happen to him at Christmas and We have the obvious problem that we've got tens of thousands of students who are misplaced at the moment, who are away from home. Is the government going to allow them all to travel back home to their parents, many of whom will be older and more at risk? It's a real conundrum, and unfortunately it's one that the government's got themselves into, and even more unfortunately they've got the rest of us into it. They are an absolute shower that they know you hit early, you hit hard. And all the evidence shows that that works. But they spend far too much time looking at what the public want. And if there's one thing in life you can never do, really, is go with the masses. You've got to look at what you're told by clever people, not us lot, not the general public, You have to sometimes listen to those who are where they are on merit. And they've effectively repeated exactly the same errors from the first lockdown with the second lockdown. So, no, Melissa, I I hate to say I don't think we're going to have a Christmas anywhere near like a normal Christmas. And I think the really scary part is possibly New Year. Because if we are locked down at New Year, that to me could see even more people go to different houses and congregate and to drink more. And just imagine in people's minds, 2020 has been an awful year. Let's celebrate getting to 2021. It it, it would be very strange if uh, we don't then see a big spike after that. And... I've spoke to Melissa recently as well because she is concerned um, about obviously the economic impact. And and I think in her industry, uh, the brand she works for is a luxury brand. And obviously many people aren't thinking about luxury objects at the moment. 
And even if you wanted to treat yourself to a luxury watch, you're not going to um, sit at home wearing it. It, it just doesn't, it, it feels a little bit odd. So I, I do feel for anyone who's in an industry where you are selling products that, that are based on emotion because our emotions are all over the place at the moment. So it makes it almost impossible to predict what's going to come next. And, it, and the only other thing I would say on this is that um, when you look at retail sales and you look at how much how how important Christmas is for many businesses, it can be 80, 90 percent of their sales throughout a year. What the government's done here by delaying and messing up is is they've put a four week lockdown in, which takes us to the start of December. People are not going to wait to buy their Christmas presents for family. And for those with the money, they may actually want to be spending more because they've not They've not gone on holiday, they've been stuck indoors and, and many people with the money are working from home because they're in better paid jobs. So you're kind of killing that even with this four week lockdown because people are going to be jumping online and buying what they need to buy. Now, now that will benefit some industries, obviously the likes of Amazon, but I fear that what the government's done here for all their rhetoric of being good on the economy, uh, I fear that they've possibly killed off quite a few retailers with this four-week lockdown, which I'm pretty certain would be a minimum of six weeks and possibly longer. And even that's dependent on people following the rules. And with the way this lockdown's been implemented... And the fact you're still allowing schools and universities to continue. I, I fear that this lockdown is neither strong enough. Uh, that the four weeks is just something there that's, uh, that, that the population's more likely to accept. And, and I'm not convinced we won't be in lockdown in the middle of January. So, you know, if you wanted cheering up about... Uh, where we think COVID's going to go in the UK, um, yeah, there, there are other podcasts available. Uh, the next one was um, from Fiona. Um, is the overall feedback for your work positive or negative? I ran a blog for a few months and gave up because of the continual abuse, no matter what I wrote. Um, by the way, your wife sounds lovely. She sounds like she would be a good friend. See? Great. It's always, always about my wife, isn't it? But, um, yeah, she, she, she is lovely. But it's, it's a difficult one because I think what people see is they see an awful lot of trolling and negativity on social networks. And particularly for people who've got very large followings. The abuse is ridiculous, uh, alongside a lot of sycophancy. Um, what I found, and a couple of other people I know who run websites have found, is for some reason on websites you get very few comments that are negative. Um, it's rare to actually see that written. I don't know if it's because um, the there's certain information you have to put in 
and I do keep it quite strict on there and, and the actual spam prevention is very good on the website as well but what I do get is I get probably five to ten times more feedback via email and a lot of it I'd say 80% of it is negative and 10% of it is abusive and it's really it can be really vile abuse I've had people email saying I hope your family dies um, you sound like a thick C word on the podcast and things like that. It, it's remarkable. And yeah, it's almost always anonymous. The email addresses are a bit, um, they would never include a name. They never sign off with anything. So it's almost like an outlet. And at one point I, I sort of thought that, well, maybe a lot of this is just robotic, you know, like spam, but it's not, it's very, there's references made to the website and things I've written and, and people will take offence and I, I get an awful, a, a lot of it's been about Brexit from people really, you know, abusing because of my view that um, leaving the European Union is not likely, it, you, you know, is not a good idea and it's a... It, it's a bit odd how people continually do this. I, I guess I'm lucky in that I've done this long enough that I can look at it and think, well, people don't know me. They can say that. And I, I, my skin with regard to that kind of feedback is thick enough to just wash it off. And I think it just goes with the territory. And, and there is a bit of, um, I suppose... They say all good, all news is good news. In some ways, any attention means at least people are reading it. And if they don't like what I write, there's not a lot I can do about that. I'm happy to have a debate. Uh, I don't see much point in having an argument with someone who can barely string a sentence together in an email. So, yeah, tons of abuse. And I've managed to just live with it and... But I can understand, Fiona, if you've just started a blog um, and, and, and you've put a few opinions out there that are perfectly reasonable, uh, you're going to have to expect some kind of abuse unless you have no contact details on the website and really somewhat keep yourself anonymous. It, it's a difficult balance and, um, yeah, by all means... Uh, Maybe maybe I, I should respond and maybe we could see uh, what you were writing about and if you could add something to this site and I'll, I'll try and keep the abuse away from you. This is a very quick one. Trump or Biden? Crying emoji, laughing emoji, Derek. Well, um, obviously I'm British. Some would say it has nothing to do with me and... Correct, it doesn't, but uh, usually those people who would say that would be Americans uh, if I had a view that, that was opposed to who they believe should win the election. I would guess 97% of people in the UK and Europe want Biden to win. And I think it's particularly true of the British at this moment because, so the story goes, is Boris Johnson, he's the assistant to Dominic Cummings in the UK, 
is waiting to see what happens in the election before he continues the full negotiations with the EU on a trade deal. If Biden gets in, he's probably going to have to pursue a trade deal, a trade deal with the European Union because he knows full well that Biden does not view the UK as a powerhouse, probably because we're not. I think for some bizarre reason, he's banking that, that, that if Trump gets in, he can then play hardball with the EU and even leave without a, a deal, and that somehow we'll be better off dealing with a Trumponian America. That, to me, is... The man's not completely stupid, that there's something behind uh, that view that any country would pin their future on dealing with someone like Donald Trump. And I would argue there's there's quite a lot of folly in pinning your future on dealing with America, no matter who the president is. The, the, the one thing I would say, the, the view we tend to um, have in the UK, and for most people I speak to, is, is that they see America as protecting themselves above all others, every time. That is obviously correct. And but I'm also and but with that comes this review that this special relationship between the two countries I personally find just a little bit patronizing and as if um we're being patted on the head. And I believe that the more countries we've got very close links to the better, purely for security and uh, future economical reasons so for me obviously it would be biden i realize you've asked it as a joke um and that you probably know how i feel but yes it's um trump is an absolute disgrace and and what he's done recently with regard to covid i i, I think is <laughs> ridiculous thing to say but it verges on manslaughter because he's literally encouraging people to die what an awful awful man he is and how awful is it that millions of people support him what's gone wrong in the world that we have that many people whose lives are shattered to the point of voting for someone like donald trump uh, as leader of the free world so yes sir uh, biden Oh, you're going to love this. Another watch one. Um, you seem to love watches and are quite vocal about them. What watch should I buy and what should I avoid? I have £3,000 and want a watch for the rest of my life. Also, I want to buy my wife a watch up to £500. <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> okay. I, I love the notion that you have £3,000 for your watch and £500 for your wife's watch. Um yeah I'll, I'll make this a one minute answer because it's not a subject that many people are interested in um what i would say if you want to watch for the rest of your life you have to look for the best quality you can get so and it's the same for your your wife's watch avoid fashion brands avoid michael calls in particular for your wife uh, armani tag hewer um i would argue that they're a fashion brand um, and there's so many 
poor manufacturers of watches, probably nine out of ten. And so three thousand pound difficult. And the one that always jumps to mind for me is Tudor. If you can get on with the size, if you get a Black Bay fifty eight for two thousand six hundred pound, that will literally last you a lifetime. Um, it's a fantastic watch, and although it's expensive, uh, when you compare it to what else is on offer, the, the value proposition of that is pretty massive. As for your wife, to be honest, I would never, um, and, and I can't say to you either, because you haven't said what type of watch you want, a dive watch, a dress watch, you, you know. So all I can say is Tudor's an excellent brand, um, who else? Oris are a very good brand, but they tend to be priced a lot lower, and you're really not getting a Tudor experience with them. And that's probably about it. Some Amigas are very good, but again, they're more expensive, and obviously Rolex, etc., are more expensive. So if you find a Tudor watch you like, that would be the one to go for, or in actual fact, it's probably not. Just find a watch you really like, read up on it if the reviews detail that it's well made then get what you like it's got it's such a personal choice whatever i say to you wouldn't really help and as for your wife's watch spend more than 500 pound if you've got 3000 for a start and don't ask me let her choose if she's happy with it that's all that really matters in a watch providing it's not a michael course um what else have i got <clears throat> What in the world are you most proud of? You seem to look back a lot and appear to be overly critical, John. Um, well, there's only two things in the world that, that I am proud of, and that's um, my kids, Tom and Alice. I see how Tom is out there in the world in a difficult situation. He's having to go to university virtually. He's living in a shared house. He, he does work part-time, but he just gets on with it. And whilst that's not remarkable, it's as a parent, it's very pleasing to see that someone who five years ago was 15 and probably relied on uh, his parents for everything, to see him just getting on with life, it's fantastic. And Alice, she's my princess and always will be. And she's getting on with her GCSE. She's also having to deal with a situation where her exams have been delayed. The government didn't even consider homeschooled children. And she's trying to find a part-time job in the recession of all recessions. And they're just nice people. They're so much nicer than me. That's probably because of Joanne. But yeah, for all my life, the only things I will ever be completely proud of. It's not going to be having had a job or my house or or anything I own. It's going to be the marriage I've had and and the kids that have come from it. That That is all encompassing to me. That's like 99% of everything. And that's what keeps me going through the lockdown. I mean, for six months, I've been working from home. And, you know, you go out and you see people now and again, but we're back to another month of, you know, almost some kind of seclusion aside from exercise. So it's just 
being near the people I love when I can and just knowing that I've had some influence on how they've turned out. So yeah, the kids, always the kids, uh, and I'm sure that 99% of parents would say the same thing. Uh, If it was anything else, I suppose, um, the website over time, the fact I've managed to keep it going for 20 years, and some of the writing I've done, I think my issue is... um, I tend to work best under pressure, like in my job, if I'm extremely busy, I can, um, without sounding arrogant, I can tend to do more than most people at a high level in a very short period of time, and I can multitask very well. Uh, With the writing, I do sometimes have a habit of looking at quantity over quality uh, to get as much on the website or to, to even if I write a very long article like those mini books I've done they've tended to be rushed and uh, occasionally I've, I feel that I've written some very good stuff and it's it's just a case of getting out of the habit of doing everything at speed so yeah I've got those things none of them have set the world alight but it's just, I think it's just having done something slightly different to, you know, working, coming home, and that's it. It's always nice to do something that is slightly different and something that you enjoy. And if that's a creative thing, that, that's always a bonus. But, yeah, Tom and Alice, always Tom and Alice, and obviously the last wow, how long? 28 years with Joanne, where there's been barely a blip so far. Uh, Final question, you'll be glad to hear. Favourite writer, favourite singer, favourite musician, Don. Okay, well, thanks for the long question. Um, Favourite writer, although people wouldn't think of him as a writer as such, is Leonard Cohen. He's written some quite amazing books but but they are very very difficult to get underneath and sometimes you feel that you've never quite understood his true meaning but some of his poetry as well is is, is quite breathtaking at times it's just superb favorite singer um it would have to be roy orbison uh that voice is is heartbreaking it's if in the right song uh, it's over is a very good example Uh, the final note he hits it's remarkable the emotion he can put in it and obviously he was also a superb songwriter as well and you know sadly missed by people like me um favorite musician i would say annie clark who who's also known as saint vincent She's uh, not the best singer in the world, but, but I love, I own every album she's got, and, and I've loved almost every track on them, and some of them are just fantastic. And she is a quite amazing guitar player. Really, really impressive. And, yeah, that was it. Obviously, favourite band, which I'm going to answer myself, as most people will know, is Queen, always will be, uh, and always has been since the age of... 11 and that's it i've got no more questions if you want to um 
send any in, just go to the contact form on mcgst.com. And if you want to uh, send abuse like some other people do, uh, just carry on. Uh, I don't really care. It's the uh, least of my worries. Uh, the next episode, I think I know who it's going to be with. I, I'm just waiting to sort the details, but it, uh, you'll see when that time comes, hopefully in a few days. Thanks again for listening. Bye.